This product contains strong language, intense violence, two dudes resisting the urge to make out with each other, and excessive discussions related to poop and wieners. The Tilted Casuals podcast is rated M for mature. So, Michael, are are you a uh, a snacking gamer by chance? Not really. Um, oh. Okay. I, if I'm hungry, obviously I will snack on something, but I don't like automatically reach for the snacks whenever I'm gaming. Interesting. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. More of a I'm a drinker, and not like alcohol. I don't I don't drink alcohol, but you know I'll usually like go grab a can of soda or something while I drink while I while I game. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I'm more of like a, a drinking gamer too, but I, I snack every now and then. But I'm like a a big tea guy. Oh I yeah, like tea when I game and twenty four seven pretty much. But what a sophisticated motherfucker you are! Right? Like it's like You've never heard of that. Yeah, I can't I can't do the coffee thing anymore. It doesn't doesn't sit with me very well. Then I shift to tea, and I'm just like. I'm like a like an asshole. Like I'm a tea snob. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> you are an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's it's real bad. Like I, I I have to only get like these like fancy bougie teas all the time. You can't or... drink the peasant tea anymore. Yeah, I, I can't do generic heard of <laughs> names and stuff. It has to be like local or some stuff, but like some random hippie like living in a tree or something. That's hilarious. Tea. Yeah, it's, it's so bad. funny. We have like six I different types tea. of I honey hate tea <laughs> you don't like tea i don't like tea i've never liked tea <sighs> i will i will accidentally take a sip of my wife's tea and i almost throw up it is that bad i despise tea man oh that cuts deep I, I got a couple of friends to actually that felt the same that i i gave them some teas that i like and uh because i have a very specific science to when i may make my tea has to be uh Based on the cup size, it has to steep for a certain amount of time. Based off the ounces to minutes ratio, uh, there's like a, a honey, a honey dipping technique and all this stuff that I do. Like I, Walter I White, real serious. RV. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> brewing meth in my teapots, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, here, just uh, just just try this. Like, well, oh, what is it? Like, just try it. Don't matter. Just just trust me. Like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm like, I know. You know, I got like, maybe uh, I just. I got a lot. Passion fruit, I got berry teas, I got peach teas. Maybe I just haven't tried the right tea. I mean, most most of the tea that's down I mean, I don't consider Southeast Missouri the South because there's a place a lot further south than us, but most people around here would say this is the South, so there's a lot of sweet tea <laughs> around here. And so that's mainly what's around here. There's not much other options but sweet and unsweet tea, and that's what I don't like. Honestly, if you made me a tea with like your meticulous Walter White measurements and honey and all that stuff, I might like It'll it. Happen. You never know. But I'd be willing Do you like to butterscotch? Try it. Do you like butterscotch? I got a I got a good uh uh butterscotch vanilla black tea. That's Ooh. very good. Yeah. Highly caffeinated. That should'll keep you up for like four days straight. But oh, it's wow. good. It's good. Yeah. I'll yeah. have to, I, I don't know. I'll, yeah, I'll have to branch out. Just trust me. I, Joe, I would trust you with my very life. If we were in a saw trap and like had, you know, and you were like trying to direct me out of it, I'd be like, yep, yeah, okay, I'm good. Saw trap. Did you, did you want to talk about saw X socks? 
Socks. <laughs> Dude, Zach's comments. I mean, I literally, like, most of the time when I type LOL, I'm not actually laughing, but this actually had me, like, <laughs> little, little bitch giggles. <laughs> I wasn't intending to, because at some point we do need to talk about games, but now that you brought it up, Saw 10 is coming out. Um, the part, the, the the part of me that is a Saw fan, and it's a pretty big part because I love the Saw movies, is very excited for it. But the part of me that also likes good movies is kind of is very wary about it because, for the most part, a lot of the recent ones have not been very good. No. Did you see? Did you see Spiral? Yes. Chris, what did you think of it? Uh, it was okay. Yeah. I think it it turned out. It turned out better than I expected, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't anything phenomenal, I guess. I think it was like, we, we were so used to just Saw being gore porn at this point, mm-hmm. where I felt like they were, it, if it came out earlier, I think it would went better because it was like a very serious direction, aside mm-hmm. from like Samuel L. Jackson having like the comedic relief. But, aside from that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't know, it, it was okay. I feel, I feel like if it came out in like around four or five as opposed to 406 it probably would have hmm. been received a little better but it was okay i didn't hate it I, I i agree with you i liked it better than jigsaw for sure i don't like jigsaw very much no but i actually came away kind of i'm like you i i liked spiral more than i thought i would it's still far from perfect it has a lot of problems as much as i respect chris rock for trying to like trying something different i mean you know he was basically chris rock in the movie but he was like willing to go into like i don't know if chris rock has ever been in a horror movie has he there's nothing i could think of at least because yeah, he, so he wrote it too right he like or did he direct idea. or both I don't know how much he, he i know he's credited as a producer i don't know if he oh, okay. had it I, and i know that he wrote his like comic lines he he, he told lines he was like just leave the leave the funny stuff to me just give me a serious script and i'll write my own jokes so <laughs> kind of so I, I respect the guy for actually being like, hey, I really like this series. I have an idea for it. And he went and pitched it. And they're like, OK, let's make it happen. Like the fact that it exists is impressive to me. And the fact that it didn't turn out dog shit is even more impressive to me. Like it was a functioning movie. It's in my ranking of the Saw movies. It's probably about somewhere in the middle, maybe even a little bit above halfway. Um, because I do like how it kind of had a little bit of a... I don't want to say it had a message to it. It's not that smart. But it had a point to it almost. <laughs> how they kind of moved to like the, the, the field of, you know, corrupt law enforcement and things like that. It was very topical. Um yeah. and typically I don't like when movies take advantage of hot of hot topics. But the fact that it was filmed like before twenty twenty gave it a little bit of a pass because it kind of came up before twenty twenty happened and the, on all that with, you know, the police brutality and whatnot. So, and it didn't lean too heavily into it. Like it was still the Saw movie. You know, it's 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 going to be over the top. It's not going to be too serious, but it was a little bit more of a serious Saw movie. Yeah, um, just enough to like, ooh, this is different. And with the way that they changed it to, it's not a dark and gritty Saw movie. It takes place most of the time during the day. The shots look very clean. It's very cinema. The cinematography in it is not a Saw movie. There's long one shots there's not a whole lot of camera flipping montage that saw is known for so they mm-hmm. deliberately tried to like give it this fresh new feeling while still maintaining true to the core saw formula of traps and and things like that 
twist in it I didn't care for too much. I saw the twist coming a mile away, but it was okay. It was serviceable. But for the most part, I yeah. was I liked Spiral more than I expected to. And so that has me a little bit more hopeful for Saw 10 or Saw X or however they're going to say it. Um, yeah. But as much as I love Tobin Bell, fucking Jigsaw is dead, y'all. How much can you keep milking that poor old man? Yeah, it's been like he's died... I don't know, 40 times it feels like at this point. There's always something coming back, whether it's like a new apprentice taking over or he ends up being yeah. like another pre-recorded message. It's like, oh, I predicted this 12 years ago. Welcome to my warehouse yet again. Yeah, it's like, it, it, for right. the first, you know, four or five Saw movies, it was like, oh, wow, this guy really, it was like smart. But eventually it's getting to like, okay, this guy cannot predict this much shit. Yeah. It's been like two decades at this point. Yeah, what it's been hell, a long man? fucking time. What I would really like, and what I was kind of hoping with, and that's one of the other reasons I like Spiral a lot, is because it did seem to be like, okay, Jigsaw's dead. We're going to show a couple of photos at him to acknowledge that he existed, but this is completely new. This is another copycat. There's no question like there was in Jigsaw with if this is actually him. I liked that. I liked that it was like, put the nail in the coffin, and this is just someone different who's just modeling himself after Jigsaw. I think that that idea alone is probably worth a couple more movies. Like, the idea is, it's still, it's maybe not be as unique now as it was back then, but it's still, it's it's inherent to the Saw formula, and you could keep it going as long as you still kept, like, the, the settings and stuff fresh. What I was kind of hoping for, since Spiral established a new Saw, a Jigsaw Apprentice, um, Jigsaw uh, introduced a new apprentice as well. I kind of want the both of them to meet in a future movie and be like, I'm the true Jigsaw apprentice. No, it's me. And they go like head to head somehow. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of cool. Almost like a Godzilla and Kong kind of. Yeah, I was going to say another versus thing. movie situation. Yeah, there's some police detective somewhere who's like, let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how um, they would do, but I think that'd be kind of interesting in, in, in a weird way, but. Yeah, it's because it's a uh, it's 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 been a while since we've had a uh, a horror movie versus film. So the last one that I could think of after um, uh, Freddy vs. Jason was Sadako versus Kayako, the the Grudge in the Ring. I don't know if you ever oh, saw yeah. it. Oh yeah, I never did, but I heard that they that they made it. Yeah, it was uh, it was absurd. You know, it's <laughs> weird. I I've seen that movie four times and i didn't realize that <laughs> that i watched it before until the third time i watched it and wait, I was wait like, <laughs> i'm like wait <laughs> i remember this line and then i'm I've like this before shit i did watch this god damn oh, that's like it's hilarious weird. yeah it's it's weird it's 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 very absurd like it turns into that that stereotypical like uh over the top japanese like action flick like, out of nowhere. It's so abrupt. And all of a sudden, you're wow. like, what the fuck am I watching now? It's like <laughs> live-action anime and shit. But, yeah, I think um, Spiral is one of the two horror movies that were either written, directed, or whatever by a comedian that I liked. Because Danny McBride's done, like, four. <laughs> and only the first Halloween I enjoyed because the two and three yeah. were terrible, and I hated oh Alien Covenant so much. Oh, did you? I don't know if we've ever talked about Alien Covenant. I did not like that movie. Yeah, looking back on at the time, I'm I'm the kind of guy where if I'm like in the theater watching a movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna like it. I'm a very optimistic person, and it doesn't. 
if it's a bad movie, it, for, every once in a while I can be like, yeah, this is not a good movie. I don't like this at all. But for the most part, I'm going to sit down and watch a movie. It doesn't matter how bad it is. I'm going to be like, that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. But like, I'll think about it. It'll sit for a while in it's my the brain. the theater effect is what it is. It's the theater effect, exactly. Yeah. I'm a very theater guy. I can't help yeah. but feel excited when I'm in a movie theater. But like, once, it's, once it simmers for a while and I have time to think about it, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? That wasn't very good. And the same thing with Alien Covenant. I look back on it now and I'm just like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, like, I, I think it, when I, because I saw it in theaters too, opening night, and <laughs> um, so it was with my wife. And at the time, like, I could remember being like, oh, whatever. Then I, after it settles in, I was kind of like, wow, that was, that was terrible. But mm-hmm. the only movie that I've ever been in the theater that I just genuinely fucking hated was Halloween Kills. I've never oh, you, been yeah. so <laughs> mad watching mm-hmm. a movie before in my life than I had been at that moment. I was yeah. just pissed. And then ends, I just was like, I wasn't expecting it to be good at all, so it was just like this is fucking stupid. I hate this movie. I'm just, just laughable. I didn't it. even I didn't even go and see ends. I looked up the plot on Wikipedia and I was like, Yeah, I'm glad I didn't go see that. It sounds like dog shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, it you know it's gonna sense. be bad. Yeah, you know it's gonna be bad. You know they're gonna do whatever to quote unquote end it. But then you watch it and you're just like, What the fuck were they thinking making <laughs> this movie? Everything is just so dumb. Especially coming from kills where like because you, you saw kills, right? Oh, I, I did see. I saw that one in theaters opening night. Yeah, I was very excited. Uh, is when they tried making it all about that f- the fucking window, and then they had that uh, stupid scene where like the cops just like staring out, just like uh, you're like, all right, so what? This guy's gonna have fucking superpowers now too, and it's just like this is. I hate yeah. everything about this. One of the reasons I'm not a big fan of the original Halloween movies, and I do like old slasher movies. Like I find not even one and two, like the actual originals. The first, yeah, they're okay. They're they're because it's before they established Michael Myers as unkillable for some reason. When he was just a dude in the mask killing people, that's great. I don't like supernatural stuff in a horror movie if it's not a ghost movie. If it's a slasher movie, just people. Mm-hmm. Just leave it. Cause I don't know why I'm like that, but they established Michael Myers in the original franchise as this unkillable monster. I'm just like, well, what's the fucking point? I know the yeah. point is like, oh, it's a horror movie. It's blood, gore, all that stuff. Like, I, 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 I like that kind of stuff, but if they had made him more than a dude with a butcher knife, you know what I mean? That's not... It's different yeah. when it's Jason. It's different when it's Jason because at least they've kind of like... That's, that's kind of supernatural, but Friday the 13th is almost, has never really been, aside from the first couple ones, it hasn't ever really been a dude in a mask. It's always been kind of touted as a almost a supernatural horror because Jason is like a boogeyman at this point. Yeah, and it's established and, from the first movie, too, that he literally came back from the dead, pretty much, because he yeah. was fucking drowned in a lake for, I don't even know how much time passed from that, but and then he pops out, and it's like, oh, okay, he's a zombie thing. But in, but in Halloween, as far as I know, they've never established why he is the way he is or given any really good explanation for it so and i was that's one of the reasons i really liked the new halloween the one that like the 2018 one or whatever because beautiful movie it's such a good movie it's a direct sequel to halloween one it ignores Mm -hmm. everything else including the supernatural aspect he's just a dude in the mask who's going out and killing people that's all it needs to be and that's what the first movie was and honestly, they should have just ended it after that. They should not have made mm-hmm. it a trilogy. They should have just ended with, yeah, Michael Michael dies. It, spoiler alert. It's, it's a five-year-old movie. Go watch it. But 
Yeah. I don't know. Until you go watch, I'm not going to spoil it, but the way it ended is how it should have ended. They didn't have to with the sequel. And the sequel started out okay. Like, the, it's aptly named Halloween Kills for a reason. There are probably more deaths in this movie than any other Halloween movie that I'm aware of. Especially in just the first scene with the firefighters. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I was nuts. But it goes on, and especially in that last scene with the angry mob, and I'm just like, there's no way. There is no way. And they just brought it all back. He is unkillable now for some reason. And no and... one even brought, like, an actual weapon. It was, like, bats and shovels and sticks and shit. Shoot I think the motherfucker, was... man. Like, what are you... You're all hicks. What, <laughs> what is happening? Where are all the guns in this yeah. western town? Oh, my Holy God. shit. It was... A... It just made no you know sense. No, someone's got an AR-15 somewhere. Just... Shred his ass. Yeah. Run him over with the fucking combine. I don't know. Just <laughs> Friday, Friday thirteenth. Like Jason, he's 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 always been my favorite slasher killer. But I will die on the hill that the Scream series is still the the perfect slasher film series. I, I absolutely agree with you. I love the Scream movies. Yeah, I, I have I, never I, not enjoyed one. Like even it, three, I think is like the weakest, but it's still mm-hmm. good. Like even the recent yeah. one, I was like, oh, this is this is still pretty dope. By recent, do you mean Scream 5 or 6? 6. Okay, I have not seen 6 yet. I've been kicking myself because I wanted to, but I have not seen it. It was good. I enjoyed it. I think it's it's on Paramount Plus? Or Stars. One of the two. I forget where I was. Probably Paramount. Yeah, it's one of those two. It was still, it was good. It's one of the rare horror movies. (laughs) My wife is so funny. She'll say that she likes horror movies, but as soon as we start watching one, she's like, no... (laughs) <laughs> oh, I can't do it. But she actually does really like the Scream movies. Like when we when we saw Scream Five, or just it was just called Scream. I don't know why they didn't just call it Scream Five. Five Cream. Five Cream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we me and her went and saw it with her best friend, who also likes the Scream movies, and it was really good. Yeah, it was solid. I really, hate to go and keep keep watching Scream movies because I know eventually they have to fuck it up somehow, and it's going to end the run. Like Scream they still have like, it. I don't get it. I don't know, six movies in, and there's still not a bad movie. There are movies that are better than other ones. Like, there are some that's like, there's definitely a bottom of the pile. It's probably Scream 3, but it's still a good movie. How do you do that? Yeah, they're hanging on to that. With Wes Craven dead. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't don't really understand it, because they're they're still sticking to that, the the flavor of it just being satirical slasher while still Mm -hmm. actually being, like, a really well-made movie. Because even, like, number one, like, the, the plot twist... With like the whole shared killer, multi-killer mm. kind of thing is still it's like it's still held up today as like one of the like the greatest film endings. Well, absolutely. Like, you mm-hmm. don't see that shit coming from a mile away. Like you're like, what the who is two of them all die? Like, holy shit. Yeah. And it's crazy. Now they've gotten to where they can do whatever the fuck they want in a screen movie, and it doesn't matter how smart you are, you will never predict it. Because you can think you've got it, but then you're like, well, I don't know, because you'll always be second guessing yourself. Because yeah. you're like, oh, it can't be that obvious, can it? And then, yeah. like, it will end up being that obvious, but you still feel tricked because you're like, oh, no, I dismissed that because it was too obvious. Mm-hmm. They they do it like, really, oh, really well in 6, do it too. So I think well. you'll like oh, it a they? lot. Okay. Yeah, because there's, there's one character when you see the person, you're like, oh, it's got to be that one, like, obviously. But then you're just like, nah, it's too Wait obvious. It can't, be, uh, yeah, it's, it can't be that guy. And then it's like, maybe it could. Nah, I can't. I don't. Mm, uh, we'll see. That's and what I, like, makes it so yeah. good. And even if it does end up being that obvious, you're still happy with it because you're like, I second guessed myself like a ton of times. It could have been anybody. I'm not even mad mm-hmm. that it was the obvious guy. 
Yeah, the the one specific one they they do it so so well, and it's when when you finally watch it, you'll see, and you'll be like, oh, it was this one you were talking about, right? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, my wife and I are wanting to do a date night soon, and we'll probably I'll I'll see if she wants to watch the new screen because we want to watch we wanted to watch it in theaters, we just never got around to doing it. So yeah, but same here. I'm glad to hear you like it because I, th- I feel like our tastes are similar enough to where if you like something, I'm probably gonna like it too. So yeah, I I, I think so because I'm a sucker for plot twists and. Oh, me too, they, man. They do it. They do it well. I think that's why I've always liked the Saw movies a lot too. Because the first four mm-hmm. had like just the plot oh twist was mind blowing. Yeah, my my parents, especially my mom, was so against us watching the Saw movies when we were growing up, and probably rightfully so, depending on you know if we were like under twelve or something like that. But the re- the reason that she eventually let us watch it is because a um, my dad used to be a lineman and he was out during one of the big storms or something, so we had to go out of the state, and he was gone for like a month. Um, so mom was looking for a lot of things to keep me and my two two younger brothers occupied while he was gone. So she talked to her younger brother, my Uncle Matt, the same guy who bought us a bunch of video games that I mentioned in the past. Oh, that Chad. Yeah, yeah, But he's such a Chad, man. Um, he She asked him, because he was a big movie collector, and he had all the Saw movies, and she asked him, hey, are these appropriate for my for, for, for my sons? Because they've never... We, we were always allowed to watch most R-rated movies. If there was, like, a sex scene or something, we had to, like, cover our eyes, you know, standard <laughs> yeah. stuff. But oh, they never worried about peeking, the... peeking, peeking. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny. To this day, whenever there's, like, a sex scene on a movie, I have to fight the urge to look away because that's what I was conditioned <laughs> to do as a kid. <laughs> but, I'm just like, boobs! Yeah. But there's... <laughs> there's no sex in these movies and there's only like one scene with nudity and it's in saw three as part of a trap. So as long as it was just violent, my mom was like, okay. So she actually watched it with us so that she can closely monitor. So we watched the first saw. And when that plot twist happened, I could probably pinpoint the exact moment when my mom was hooked because my mom really likes the, police aspect of it, the, the plot twist and the crime solving aspect of it, which I argue a lot of times that Saw, the Saw franchise, is a dete- is a is a de- is a cop movie. Oh yeah, because at least half, if not more, is the detectives and trying to figure out the the plot, the trying to solve the case. It's yeah, not it's like all a really about fucked the... Batman story. Kinda, yeah. I can definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, how dope would it be if like Lionsgate and Warner Brothers came together and made like a Batman versus Jigsaw comic? Oh my god, yeah, that'd damn, be that'd so be dope. Insane. Yeah, so she was hooked, and we immediately went out and borrowed, like, the rest of the movies from my Uncle Matt, and we binged all seven of them in, like, three days. It's like where our brains are conditioned, to for these movies. Anytime you start hearing the, the Saw theme song, you're like, oh, oh the plot twist is coming. Where is it? Where is it? You're like, oh, here it comes. What's, what's happening? Thankfully, in most of the movies, even though they're not all, not all the Saw movies are created equally, there are some that are... None of them, I would say, except maybe the first one, are what you would call a good movie. You know, mm. None of them are winning awards for anything, but it, that's not why you're watching Saw. Yeah. Uh, there, there are still some that are pretty, but most of them, if not all of them, have really good plot twists. I can't think of a single one beyond Spiral that I guessed the plot twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. And at the end of the day, that's really all I need. I need to not guess the plot twist and for me to be like, oh, I'm good. I'm sold. Yeah, oh. it's easy as that. Yeah, long story yeah. short, I'm I'm tentatively excited for socks. Yeah, same. I can always go for some more socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, video games. So, yeah. So so speaking of uh, <laughs> brutal serial killers, uh, Pokemon is a thing. <laughs> 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 
I can't think we were supposed to talk about that at some point. <laughs> at some point. How far? Oh my god! How long have we been talking? Part of this recording, are we like half an hour? <laughs> yeah, close to it. Yeah, whatever. That's, that's, oh, I feel like that's what the fan base will come to expect anyway. So, so. the casuals, welcome everybody. Yeah, this is the Tilted Casuals podcast, where you came here to listen to for uh, video games and stuff. Yeah, we're not uh, a movie movie podcast, although we probably could be. We could be at this point. We might as well just split it. But. I don't know. Yeah, so Pokemon's pretty similar to uh, horror movies and slasher flicks and all that stuff, I guess. Yeah, terrible transition. It's hard to it's hard to branch into from some point when a transition becomes so does a does a bad transition ever become so bad that it circles around and becomes a good transition? Right now, I did it. Yes, my number seven. Pokemon Soul Silver. We fi- we finally made it. We made it full circle. All right. So, Soul Silver. Um, I guess technically the original Gold and Silver come into play for this too because in the technical sense it's the same game. They just they just added on to it because this this one came out um after Gen Gen 4, maybe 5, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was after Gen Generation 4 though. Because they had a, uh, there was like a, a Toys R Us event that they did where Arceus was actually like a character you can get if you. Oh, get Toys R Us. Like Toys R Us. Yeah, I know the good old days. Thousand nine. Oh wow, it came out late. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's it's still like the hardest to find and rarest Pokemon game that's out there. Because uh, Hard Gold and Soul Silver, they weren't produced for that long because they shipped exclusively in these like combo boxes where it came with a. Um, little pokey walker that was like an egg and you would sink it to your game and like clip it to your belt or put it in your pocket or whatever when you're offline you can like hatch your eggs and stuff oh yeah 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 Um, yeah so when it came out it was um i think it was like 80 dollars because it came with it 70 or 80 or something like that because it was the 50 dollar game plus whatever the hell the pokey walker was maybe 70 um but then when supply ran out and people Sorry, the wanted again, but it wasn't available anymore. They were upscaled like crazy. Uh, my friend and I actually we we scavenged like Earth for months and months trying to find a decently priced copy of this game, and uh, it it didn't it didn't happen for a while. Eventually, we found a copy each on I think it was like eBay for I think like ninety bucks was like the cheapest we could find it in like complete box, like everything was still there. And the like, the walkers both worked. They got gold and silver for ninety each, uh, mint condition. Like they were still shrink wrapped inside. The box itself was kind of opened, but everything else was there. Uh, I still have everything too. Um, but then, like the most I've seen it for at the times uh, in, in between was like three to three fifty. Like, oh, wow, it's you yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. So I made out pretty well. Um, but yeah, as a, as a kid, uh, silver was my favorite too. Because because of Lugia, still one of my favorite Pokemon of all time. He's just such a badass. Um, but I, I found out um, originally the uh, when they were creating Lugia or the one guy uh, who was actually he was a, a creative director in the anime. He didn't actually work for Game Freak. Um, and to this day, he's he's still the only person who was not involved with Game Freak to develop a Pokemon that was actually used in like the whole world of Pokemon. So he, he created Lugia. Uh, his name was uh, 
Takashi Ishudo, and he was in like this deep rut of depression. He had like substance abuse and all this stuff. He he passed away like 15 years ago or something. Um, but like the the design was based off of like his mental state and stuff like that. And uh, he the the inspiration behind Lugia also just came from a Shinto god, uh, Ryujin, who is the the dragon god of the ocean, which is Lugia's backstory essentially. Um, right. But he he designed it, and I I guess it was so liked in the studio that they they rolled with it. And apparently, when they brought it into the game, he didn't even know that they liked his design that much, and like actually ended up using it. So he got to see wow. it at the time um, become like an actual thing. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of weird thinking that Game Freak like legitimately is the only studio or individual people that are designing and adding pokemon like they don't they don't take ideas from like anywhere else like no one's allowed to make pokemon but this this guy apparently uh his was cool enough but uh the point i was trying to make was his idea originally was for lugia to be a female and apparently it really bummed him out when he, uh, the movie came out and lugia was voiced by a male and had like a deep kind of like brooding voice and it was supposed to be wow. it was supposed to be a female a female voice originally which which I, I i don't know if it's why but um lugia is one of the only two pokemon uh that's a legendary slash like mythical slash like pseudo legendary that has um like breeding traits aside from uh manaphy is the only other one because i think you, you've played arceus right yeah yeah, the uh, the one quest that you can do in like the, the beachy area where uh, you have to catch like the manaphy and there's like a whole a whole bunch of the uh, what are they called the uh, the feones like running around, mm. which is like the, uh, the 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 bread version of manaphy or something like that. They can't evolve into manaphy, but when like a manaphy breathes, it creates these little things. But uh, yeah, in the in the show, there was a baby Lugia that hatched from an egg, and it's it was named Silver, and uh, it's the only two legendaries that have ever had any kind of breeding traits possible. Um, so I think it, it, it makes sense that maybe that stemmed from the fact that he wanted a female because it would be able to lay the egg, but I don't know. Um, yeah, it's the only other times they've ever done it. But uh, oh. so Soul Silver starts in New Bark Town, and the story is pretty. It's pretty basic. It's kind of like the same as all the other ones. There's like a a bad guy squadron just trying to take over and steal shit. But this one, since it was a, a direct sequel from red, blue and yellow, and it takes place in the region over of Jodo. Um, it's basically team rockets. Just really sad that their, their daddy Giovanni's in Pokemon prison at this point, And that they're just trying to take over radio stations and put out a message saying like, we want our daddy back. That's that's pretty much the gist of it. And then they have this this ten year old kid who's like, "Fuck that shit. That's not happening again." <laughs> I heard about that guy across the pond, and I'm not letting that happen over here. And uh, so yeah, you 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 kind of you progress through the game, and uh, it introduces the the kimono girls, which were they weren't that heavily in, like involved in the story in the original one. They were there, but they were kind of like like a gauntlet section where you just kind of fight them back to back to back to back and when you do it they're like oh here's the silver wing you can go call lugia or the rainbow wing if you have gold and you can call ho-oh but in soul silver and heart gold they kind of worked them into the story where they were involved in like the the lore 
and they kind of are the ones who explain like what's been going on and why trying to summon Lugia slash Ho-Oh is so important. So you kind of you meet them individually in different spots throughout the throughout the game storyline and you kind of piece piece the puzzle together and then it still concludes the same way where you get the silver wing or the gold wing and then you summon that legendary from the game that you're playing and uh you can capture it because it's kind of like the whole main reason we as kids played these games was to just capture all the legendaries and be badasses again and walk around with gods and tiny balls in our pockets <laughs> uh so um in in soul silver they also brought in the legendaries and the starters from gen 3 which is pretty cool too so soul silver was more than just a remake it was kind of like a remake slash reboot slash dlc expansion all kicked into like one game because i guess it, it came out down the line and they did the same thing with fire red and leaf green where they also implemented Pokemon from like a couple other generations that came out in between the original version of red and blue compared to red and green now um, and threw them all in there. So you were able to get other Pokemon from like other gens in between. And uh, they actually implemented uh, a, a deeper lore into the game as to why all the legendaries kind of exist. Like Lugia and Ho-Oh specifically had kind of like a, a bigger part that they, they, they dove into because uh the story is it was basically the the bell tower which is like this sacred temple kind of thing where um ho-oh would roost because he was uh he's like the, the guardian of the sun fire and sky and lugia was the the sea and uh some kind of mental thing because he was a psychic type um but the story was that there was like a big thunderstorm and there was a huge lightning strike that strikes the bell tower and it kind of explodes and sets on fire and the whole thing burns to the ground and it was uh, the three the three dogs inside which are the legendary dogs that turn out to be from the other elements of fire ice and lightning were um Raikou, Entei and Suicune they perished in the fire and um it was said that Ho-Oh returned and resurrect them and since Lugia was supposed to be the guardian, he or the guardian of like that area, he just flees out of, I guess, being scared and you know shame. Yeah, shame and dishonoring his people, and he flees and just hides into a, a cave. But there's kind of like uh, a fan theory because Lugia, since he's the guardian of the sea, he also has like um, a mental power of like storms and stuff. So the theory was that he accidentally created. The storm from flying out of the ocean because of his wing strength, because his his wings are hands, so he's very powerful. Big fucking hands yeah, he got, too. He got big old meaty honker hands. They're huge. Big. So the, the theory was that <laughs> yeah, big meaty claws was uh he accidentally did it and was so shamed by it that he flees. So the whole thing was um to try to bring peace back and like regain his trust because he's fearful of humans and stuff by uh showing that you know things are okay again and you can trust your people and you know all that jazz so eventually spoiler alert, it happens you know lugia is all happy happy now living in a little ball which is great i guess mm -hmm. um and then when when the story's done which is cool which I, I briefly talked about in uh episode zero was now that the base game is done and team rockets stopped quote unquote over there um you're given a ticket 
on uh, a boat ride to go back over to uh, Kanto and basically do it all over again because there's obsessed cultist freaks over there who just can't get over Team Rocket's Giovanni just not being around anymore and they're fucking they're lost man they don't know what to do with themselves they're like what else do we do besides try to get them back again 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 and uh you come over there and you're like not on my watch I just did this shit for fucking eight gyms worth (laughs) over in my homeland I'm gonna go back and do it here again teach you guys a lesson and uh you go through the the ropes again you know stopping team rocket getting the eight badges over in the uh the old region which is pretty cool and uh one of the things that I loved so much about it too, as a kid that I still remember in the original games for red and blue uh, in Fuchsia city, Koga was the gym leader and he was the poison type. And I thought he was so dope because he was just, he was just a fucking ninja. Like the dude was cool as shit. You know, he had like the little cow around his face and he had all these poison types and shit. And he was, he was cool. And um, in, in uh, gold and silver for soul silver, he's in the elite four before you head over. So he came from, uh Kanto region and because he was such a uh like a high ranking gym leader he's he was he's promoted to the elite four over in Jodo wow. now so you fight him in the elite four which is pretty cool and uh his his muck is the only Pokemon that he hung on to and he has like a full a new batch of Pokemon for the Elite Four but Muck was the only one that he kept because Muck's a, a badass and was a pain in the yeah. ass to fucking fight in that game. Um but interestingly in in the manga for the uh, red and blue adventures which i highly recommend if you ever delve into comics or manga or anything like that they are um they're they're much more violent and graphic than the games and the tv show were uh there's literal pokemon murder that happens in the mangas what? yeah like there's there's stuff that's kind of it's like it's referenced in the games like if you play them there's the whole uh like the you know like the ghost tower or from red and blue where they go to visit their their deceased pokemon and all that kind of Mm. stuff but in the manga it happens in like battles and stuff and there's actually a part in towards like the end game of the manga where it's the elite four and it's there's a fight between koga and agatha who she was the ghost type but she also had poisons because of like gengar and stuff like that and she has an arbok and koga has an arbok and there's a fight. Well, for, for everyone who's not familiar, Arbok's just a big fucking King Cobra, which is a, it's badass. It's like little head, neck, hood thing. Has like a skull on it and shit. Total badass Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, they're having a snake fight and Agatha is a conniving, sneaky little bitch. And cool. she puts she puts a, a poison-tipped blade that was, it was laced with like a specific poison that wasn't like a Pokemon generated poison. It was like a, a handmade science one and put it on the tip. And she uses a, she like, she's like, oh, yo, Arbok tail whip or whatever. And it slices Koga's Arbok, poisons it, and fucking cuts it in half. And it no. dies. It fucking what the dies. Fuck? And there's a panel where you see like the fucking headless body and shit and i'm like what the fuck Jesus like, Christ. <laughs> it's mortifying dude i mean oh i read it when God. i was older i was like 20 or 22 or some shit when i read it but i'm like what the fuck like this is crazy they and then shit out of this yeah and then uh i don't know if you remember from the originals but there's the whole in red and blue when um blue i guess in the lore way visits red in the ghost tower and he's like oh i'm just visiting my pokemon i think it's um 
was it like a charmeleon or some shit that passed away but they they do like a deep dive into that little story segment of like his pokemon dying and it's it's fucking depressing as hell man because like you oh, find man. out why he like he was like an asshole just because he was like you know he had like a, a shitty childhood or whatever and this one pokemon was like the one that understood him because they, they kind of had like the same like angsty personality and all that kind of stuff hmm. and it passes away i don't remember what happens exactly but it dies like it die dies and he has to bury it and it's just like it's really deep man like it's, it's fucked up but then there's like really cool shit too that they i wish they would incorporate in the games like there's a there's a part in the end um where it's it's a uh, it's red in the elite four and at the end of every volume and chapter, you could see like the levels and the stats of his current like lineup of his Pokemon and stuff. That's cool. And his his Pikachu is fucking cracked. That's why in every game, anytime <laughs> there's a red Pikachu, it's like insane because it's like all he fucking uses. Um, and he's he's fighting in the Elite Four, and he also he sends out Blastoise, Charizard, and Venusaur with his Pikachu out because he's getting like quadruple teamed unfairly. So he's like, all right, fuck this, throws them all out. And they do this like giant elemental blast where it's lightning, fire, grass, water, and it's just this huge beam of just like Oh my death. god. Just hey, hi, hi, hi. fucking yeah, literally. Like you see them all <laughs> jump up individual panels, like it's like fire blast, hydro pump, and like razor leaf, and then Pikachu does like a thunder tycoon thing. I don't know what the fuck happens, but it's just like this big beam of just elemental nonsense, just evaporates the shit out of the person he's fighting just like disintegrate oh. they're fucking gone and you're just like holy shit i wish fucking pokemon like the games would do this because oh was, for real oh my it was god nuts. yeah and and it's the same for the rest because they do like the adventures of gold and silver and it's the same where it continues like that storyline and all that but um yeah they so they they do the same thing in the games where you're done and you, you finish uh johto and you fight in kanto and then when you finish that section, you go back over to your region and then you can go to um, Mount Silver as uh, your character and Red, the OG, is just like waiting on top of a mountain and it's so like just ominous. It's just like, oh man, what the fuck is going on? And then as a kid, you're playing it and like you always recognize the back of the hat because that's who you played as for the first like 10 years of your life pretty much is fucking Red. And you're like, Oh shit. And then, you know, you get there and 99% of the people who go here are completely unprepared because you can you can finish the game, you know, with like 60s or 70s or whatever. And then Red's team is just it's just cracked. He's like high 80s and 90s <laughs> and then he has like his ungodly Pikachu and shit and like the OG lineup and Snorlax and you just get like completely demolished. But then, wow. you know, it was like bragging rights as a kid, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I fucked right up, it's no yeah. big deal. <laughs> Whatever, first try, no problem, no heels, no deal. <laughs> that one kind of thing. But uh, they, they, wow. they kept it for Soul Silver. it was really cool. It was like the same lineup, just tweaked with like all the new moves and stuff like that. Cool. Um, yeah, and uh, since since they added all the other Pokemon from the other gens, it was, it was almost it's a stacked double. roster. Yeah, it was almost double, I'm pretty sure. It was like close to it because it was um the original had like 260 Pokémon in the Pokédex for for Gold and Silver and then uh Soul Silver and Heart Gold were like 
just pushing 500 or something. Holy shit. Yeah, so it was really cool. They had all the first four the Lego games, game. plus some... Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, exactly. It's a Lego fucking roster. And uh, they, they kept... Um, all the like the, the trio legendaries from all the games in between, so, like the dogs, the birds, um, all the rest from whatever else happened, like Rayquaza, Kyogre, Groudon from the weather legendary trio. Um, and then uh, they also brought in what was it? The uh, the Pal Park made a comeback again. Um, trying to think what else think that was like all the returning stuff and then it was just add on pokemon and some new moves and stuff like that but it was just it was just nice to see uh a better looking version of a game that i grew up playing and loved because pokemon is something that's always going to be very near and dear to my heart probably mm. like arguably like my favorite series just from core memory wise right like the, the from soft games are you know like an evolved taste that I have now just from yeah, yeah. The, the stuff that I, I love currently, but it's, it's like Pokemon has always been that thing that I've always had. And like, mm -hmm. I can like, as far as my memories can go back, like Pokemon was there somehow. So it was, it was just cool to see, you know, an updated version of what I remembered as a kid seeing it yeah. and like, Oh yeah, it's, it's exactly the same. Like I feel the same way. So even if they remade it again on like switch or something like that, I would, I would grab it in a heartbeat, super easy and just play through it again. Um, awesome, but you know, at the same time as the things I love, there was always this, the things that I, I despised that I remember remembered as a kid, <laughs> like uh, fucking Whitney and her her never ending rollout mill tank that just destroyed childhoods. The uh, <laughs> gym number three, the fucking normal type of all types, with her fucking fat ass cow Pokemon mill tank and just using rollout, which gets stronger and stronger. Every time you use it, you can't yeah, stop yeah. using it unless you get knocked out. And just like, yeah, you know, as a kid, it's like, everyone has the same memory playing this game. Like what were they doing to us, man? Like this is legitimately <laughs> torture. Like I know you have like child slavery in your games, essentially and animal slavery, but you don't got to do it in real life, man. Like <laughs> this game is going to be hard enough, but now you're, you're just making us miserable so funny. Uh, yeah and then um yeah the other the other gyms too um number one the the flying gym i remember as a kid always being afraid to say his name because it, it sounds like fucker <laughs> <laughs> but it's not is uh, his name is faulkner and i just remember <laughs> yeah as a kid <laughs> seeing it i'm just like oh <laughs> i can't say that i in trouble <laughs> that's a bad word <laughs> i can't say that one uh <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And then there's just like a lot of memorable other like gym members and stuff like that. Uh, Morty was always cool because I always loved the ghost types and it was cool to see like an actual gym that like had like ghost ghost types because <laughs> before them they were always just considered like they were ghosts, but like their typing from like the card games and shit was always psychic. So now it was just <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is these are ghosts. That's an actual type, yeah. Yeah, with like fusion types and shit now, which is. It was it was used a little bit in the old games, and they kind of grew into doing the the dual typings, which um, ironically enough, which is really weird to think about. Um, this gen gen two, the starter types to this day are still the only ones that only have single typings in their final evolution, which is it's weird because Typhlosion still just fire for alligators, just water, and then Meganium is still just just grass. 
until oh, they yeah. did the Arceus games where they introduced the uh, what the whatever the fuck it's called, his Hisuian, however you say it, Hisuian. Yeah, where he became uh, Ghost Fire. Uh, Ghost Fire, yeah, yeah. And then I think there was like a fan demand, like I guess Meganium's Grass Poison, but for alligators, just vibing. I don't just know what water. else. I don't know what else he would be, but water, you know. Yeah, it would just make him ground or some shit. But he's like an alligator, you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah, he's an alligator. You go on the ground, you go on the water. You go, he's blue, like that's, that's not that creative. <laughs> yeah. But Typhlosion was always my favorite because he just looks like a fucking badass. He's just a weasel with a mane of fire. Like, yeah. What like, else I remember. Need? I remember when Megas were becoming a thing. And there was all those like fan created megas, and there was like a really sick one that I always thought was going to happen. For it was a mega typhlosion, and instead of the the fire ring, he grew a, this this volcano that came out of like his shoulders and shit. Bruh. And it just it looked so like the and they replaced the fire with like a smoke ring, so like the smoke from the volcanoes like wrapped around his neck. Oh, it just dude, that's so, so cool. fucking cool. Yeah, it was so oh sick. It was just like, what are you doing? And then they gave us the angsty moody emo typhlosion instead it just looks like he's he high was so all the time. high the yeah he's just like time. he's just like like vibing like yeah, yeah. bro because that was that was my starter with arceus because cinequil is my absolute favorite pokemon of all time he's so cute um, he's so cute and i used to have a hedgehog as a pet so like it's it, named yeah. cinequil so, yeah see yeah so i had to deal with fucking stoned Typhlosion the entire game because I'm a type of guy Same. I will not get rid of my starter. There are some Pokemon players who will like get rid of your starter like as soon as you start to fill up your party, but like, no. I'm sticking with my starter the entire fucking game. Yep. Do not care. Yep, that's fair. I keep mine all the way till end game, and I, mm-hmm. I don't usually end up replacing them until I'm just like like uh, cosmetics, like all oh, look at these six, they look cool, and yeah, yeah. but Elite Four, all that shit, post-game, I always have my starters. Always, never leaves. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. It's always my most jacked Pokemon, but, like, he's my buddy. He's gotta be. He's my Pikachu. Yeah, exactly. She, I guess. If they're she, but... Yeah. Um, so, who was your starter for Soul Silver? Was it was it Sydney Quill, or who'd you start with? Um, so, originally, I always did Cyndaquil first, and then I tried them all out. But when I first played Soul Silver. I did uh, Chikorita, and I went for Meganium. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, I don't think Megan. I don't think Chikorita gets enough love. Nah, she's adorable, man. And Meganium's mm-hmm. like, it's really strong for a solo type. Meganium's always been pretty powerful, and she's like a really pretty Pokemon. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I am glad because they put Meganium on the the box art for um, the new Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah, she's like cool a she's like a headline po- Pokemon yeah. when you encounter her for the first time. It's really cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool, but uh, I never played uh, Silver. Which again, I've I've said this. My very first Pokemon game was was Sword and Shield, so I didn't play any of the older ones. But I can say that if if I had, I would probably Sydneyquil will probably be my starter because I mean, why not? Although I would have a really hard time choosing between. I'd probably consider doing Totodile because I mean, fucking for alligator. I love for alligator beast. You, you hear the story of why crackhead. his name is spelled like that? Maybe at one point. I don't remember, though. Because, like, there was a character limit when, like, typing in names. And for alligator was too long, so they took out the O, so it's just (laughs) G-A-T-R for for alligator. That's amazing. It's it's like my favorite Pokemon story, and it's hilarious, but it's it's it still works. For alligator is is, 
so badass. So it's I, like I would a, probably... it's like Norse spelling where they just threw yeah. R's like Jormungandr and they just yeah, I don't know just R whatever. The vowel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can still tell what it says. But, <laughs> so I would probably go with Sydney Quill just because it's she's 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 my baby. But I would I would probably as soon as I found a Totodile, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna catch you. I want a fucking yeah. for alligator on my team. For alligator's just, he's just like a crackhead, man. He just looks insane. He absolutely does. He's just here for the fucking party and he doesn't <laughs> care about anything else. It's beautiful. Nope. He just wants to beat shit up. Yep. So, and that and that he does. Here's an interesting question. Out of all the Pokemon games you played, which have you played every one of them? Yeah. Okay, who is your favorite starter of all time? Oh man. That is tough. That's very tough. Um, so, what what aspect of like favorite do you mean? Like one I've enjoyed using the most, or like favorite Ooh, looking? That's that's that's, that's a good question. Let's 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 maybe discuss this a little bit because me having played only 10% of the Pokemon games, my answers are probably going to be different than yours. So let's just do, just based off of sheer looks, most badass-looking one. Ah, oh, man. We can, include including, we can include evolutions, I was gonna, okay. too. I was going to yeah. say, including evolutions, because there's probably... Because just like, first form, they're all one, baby. They're all yeah. adorable. So we, we got to include evolutions. I don't. I don't want to be super basic. Like I love Charizard because everyone loves Charizard, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna just leave him out because it's like. Sure. It's like the obvious answer, especially because mm. he has like a hundred different forms now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which Charizard? Disregarding him. Yeah. Uh, the one that always stands out the most is probably Empoleon. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Because yeah, it's like big steel emperor penguin and he has that cool yeah. like that neck girdle thingy and like the, mm -hmm. the trident crescent shit he like he just looks yeah. like he's just he's there to fuck shit up and like <laughs> he absolutely that's is. it he just looks mad oh my um, god encountering him in legends arceus because there there's that one spot in the beach area where you can find just a fully evolved yeah Napoleon. it's intimidating man because he's yeah. fucking huge he's pissed too as soon as you see yeah. him he's like what the fuck do you want on my beach? <laughs> and he just runs at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah, I th I, probably, yeah. Probably Empoleon, I would say. Greninja's up there, too, just because I love, oh, like, dude. Oh, I forget about Greninja. Yeah. Yeah. Greninja's he's cool. He's dope. Um, Especially since Greninja was in the Pokemon, uh, the Detective Pikachu movie. He was so cool in that movie. Right? That's what I'm saying. And I, it's like... I don't know. They only had one grass type. Or actually, I guess a couple. Yeah, nowadays there's probably like two or three that I actually really like the design of because Decidueye is a badass. He looks really yeah. cool. Hmm. Um, um, what's the other one? Uh, Chestnut okay. from X and Y is really okay. cool. And then, Terra is, is, is iconic. Yeah, that's true. And then, uh, what was his name in Sword and Shield? Rillaboom? Rillaboom, yeah. Yeah, he's he's cool. Just because I love the fucking like the aesthetic of just like a big monkey. He's <laughs> a big drum playing yeah. gorilla. <laughs> and then he gets the drums and like that fucking the big form thingamajigger, which is really sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, and then I don't know. All the fire types are usually pretty cool, except except for um, uh, Embor. I didn't really care about the Embor evolution line. I feel like he's glad. Dumb looking. 
I'm just glad that they stopped making firefighting types. Oh my god! And they're back on like four three legs, or, four back to back. or yeah. for the first time on four legs as a yeah. final evolution. It's, not, it's finally not a fucking furry. <laughs> oh my god! We I remember how nervous the fan base was. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, current gen. If, if Scarlet and Violet had a firefighting a starter Pokemon on two legs, there would have been a fucking boycott or it, something. There would have been severe rioting happening. Yeah. So I think Nintendo was like, oh, let's, 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 let's be careful with it this time. Yeah. And I think it worked because my favorite thing about the, about the Scarlet and Violet are probably the starter Pokemon. They're really cool. I had a legit hard time picking which one out of all three of them that I would go I couldn't with. give a fuck about that duck. I'm gonna be honest. That duck was going nowhere near my party. <laughs> I originally didn't either. It was either gonna be um, the cat or the crocodile. Yeah, I, I can't think of their names for some reason, which is really awful me because I really liked them. But um, funnily enough, I actually did end up going with the duck, but only because <laughs> I think you were going with with one of them. Which one did you go with? I did the uh, the, the fire croc. Okay. No, it was my wife's best friend and her husband, which by extension are some of my best friends. They both got it. Um, she got Pokemon uh, Violet like I did, and he got Pokemon Scarlet. And he went with uh, the, the Croc, and she went with the Cat. So I was like, well, I can go with the Duck just to kind of round it out. Uh, and you know, the Duck Quaxley well, was pretty fair. cool. Like when when he when he evolved into his final form, uh, it was actually really cool because he, he had like some really neat. Um, Powers that only he abilities that only he had that were like dance moves kind of so I ended up not disliking him very much so yeah I guess that's fair Foy Coco but obviously the yeah. coolest one of the bunch is the is the fire crocodile Foy Coco I mean come on yeah it was pretty cool I remember as like the leaks were happening and we were following like the first two evolutions of him we're like all right <laughs> evolution two is still on four legs <laughs> we have hope please don't fuck it up. And then I think the it only didn't... thing that people didn't really like was uh, this, like the singing aesthetic of it. But it made sense in the game because mm-hmm. all three were based off of like some kind of like musical performing thing. art. Yeah, yeah. He was singing. Uh, Quaxley was dancing, and what was the cat? Spiragatito was like masquerade kind of thing. It was like yeah. a combination of both. They had like. Fashion uh, <laughs> was that his yeah, thing? Was, was like, that his theme? It was like maracas or some shit. I forget what it's. Uh... What was Sprigatito's evolution called? Because it had. I just remember it's it's super because each one had like a super mu a move. Oh uh, yeah, Mouscarada. Yeah, it had. Uh... Oh, what was the attack? It's got to be in here somewhere. Uh... Our trick. don't remember which one it was maybe but it was so fucking strong and it like fucked me up every time i had to fight it probably it super flower against... trick because it's it's its signature yeah. move and it says uh it will always result in a critical hit unless it's yeah on yeah it was flower trick on. yeah oh, i'm yeah. looking at the end yeah, it's almost it's like oh a my god it's like a magician. It was so strong yeah, it's, it's weird. got a really cool design. I almost went with Meowskarada just because of the design. Yeah, I don't. It's like Masquerade and some other. I don't know what the other half of the name would be for it. But I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just because you know one was singing, one was dancing. So this one is like I I can't remember what it's what its theme is aside from it being Masquerade and and magic. So like I don't 
I don't give a shit. Make it a I, cat honestly, that yeah. does stuff with a mask. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they were they were all pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it was it was a good game all in all. Hmm. I think I enjoyed it. it. Had its issues, but yeah, I played I my fill of it. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I'm hoping the, ex- the DLCs are good. Together. Infreak just has uh, to get its shit together and make it a playable game. <laughs> make, it, make it look decent. It really does. It's Skeledurge, that's what its name was. The Skeledurge, final yeah. evolution. Mm-hmm. A Skeledurge, Meowskarada, and Quaxley's final evolution, Quackwaval. Yep. What a weird what fucking Pokemon. Very weird. It just, it just angered me every time one came out. And just does that stupid, like, little dance thing it's like well, i hate you <laughs> i hate everything about you right now <laughs> you really because i saw a bunch of fan art that said quaxley was going to evolve into like a pirate bird and i was i was yeah there for it and it made sense because little quaxley it, it looked like a sailor you know it was almost yeah. like a donald duck kind of thing so evolving into like a like a pirate or a you know like a like a navy seagull or something would have been fucking dope yeah it would have been cool I do agree. I kind of, I kind of wish their final forms looked a little better, but mm-hmm. all in all, I can't complain too much since we just got a four-legged final fire. Yeah, could have been a lot worse. So, yeah, it could have mm-hmm. been a lot worse. Uh, what, what about you though? What's um, what would you say is your favorite starters slash starters? Well, I've already said that Sydney Quill is my favorite Pokemon of all time, but that's just because it's cute. Um, for the sake of, so I'll not count that just for the sake of this argument i almost have to go back i mean because i haven't played a lot of them but i did try to make a point for some reason just because of who i am to like memorize all the starters for each generation Uh, but i may need a uh refresher give me one second also because empoleon with piplup piplup's just fucking adorable as shit oh absolutely yeah uh blastoise is always a favorite of mine just because he looks fucking badass um especially mega blastoise yeah. Um, Swampert looks pretty cool. Oh, uh, yeah. That was a good evolution set, too, that, that series. Gen yeah. 3 was great. Yeah, because that also had... Uh, that had Trico turning in... Oh, um, what's Trico's Sceptile. Sceptile is, is awesome. Yeah. Sceptile is so cool. Um, why does it have Eevee as a starting Pokemon? That's not... Well, I, I, I don't know. I guess in Let's Go Pikachu, she was yeah. a starting Pokemon, but I don't want to count that. Yeah, that doesn't count. Honestly, probably Sceptile, just because I don't know what it is about Trico, but I think Trico is just a cool little dude. Yeah, a little like Newt. <laughs> Gecko. I think what it is, when I was a kid, I don't remember what exactly it was or how I got it or anything, but I used to have this, it looked like a like a Pokedex. Uh, you could get these little bitty Pokemon figurines to like slot into uh, the top yeah. of it. Yeah. And like do like little mini battles, and I had one somehow. And but the only Pokemon figure I had was Trico. So I remember those. I have core memories of Trico. That just every time I see him, I'm like, oh, Trico, cool. So I probably Trico, aka Septile. That's fair. Septile in um the Pocket Tournament game is incredible. Oh that was man, so fun to use. That game is so underrated, man. It really is. It popped a, off a little more than I expected because we got like the director's cut for Switch, but I mm-hmm. wish it was good enough to get a sequel because that's like a full blown yeah. arcade fighting game in Japan. Like it you is. can go to arcades and fucking like Tekken. 
that's Pokemon a game where crazy. you can just go crazy with the roster. There are so many Pokemon, which they did come up with a couple of DLC characters. They made Blastoise, uh, a, mm -hmm. a playable fighter, and fucking Aegislash, which is really cool. But there's a ton more you could add to this. So, yeah, I'm 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 hoping they'll come out with another one. I don't know how it did like sales wise. If it if if it's worth them making another one, but I would totally play it because pocket rules. <laughs> it was really cool too. Cause they had like the hybrid style where yeah. like you'd start in like the 3d thing. And it was like all different attacks. And then when you got close ranged into it, like you knocked them into like the, the side by a side 2D style. Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a 2d arena fighter. And it's then really had, like, cool. All different abilities again. Yeah. Really yeah, interesting like, idea. Very underappreciated game. I played the shit out of that on the Wii U and then they oh, yeah. did the switch version. I played it like all over again. Garchomp was my main for the longest time. Oh man, Garchomp's insane in that game. Garchomp is—he's—he's <laughs> he's just so cool. He was—he's probably my. Uh, Cyndaquil will always be my very favorite Pokemon, but Garchomp is probably a close second, just because it's fucking Garchomp. You can't not love a fucking fighter jet shark. Yeah, like it's—it's it's the definition of badass. Yeah, like it's like the weirdest combination of words, but they made it work. <laughs> Yeah, it's nuts. Oh, you bet your ass that I went out and found one in Legends, and as soon as he was added to my party, oh, yeah. it was like my starter. I never let him go. My Garchomp was like my second strongest Pokemon. Yeah, I, I feel like he he kind of like took over Charizard's slot in that term for a lot of people as like the fan favorite. Mm -hmm. Garchomp's in like every game now too. Oh yeah, he has like his Mega Form and all that stuff from those games, and he's always like the final zone area kind of mm. Pokemon that you can start finding, like an Arceus they had it, and then um it's yeah, it's really Violet, good. they had the same thing. It's really good typing too. Ground Dragon, there's a lot of stuff he can beat up. Because mm. I love finding him too in Scarlet and Violet because it was actually like lore accurate where he's flying because he's a fucking plane. Mm. And you'd see him circling around the, the like the mountains. So it was pretty cool. It's like oh yeah. That's really cool. That's how it should be. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's Pokemon. Nice. Have you heard yeah. of it, guys? <laughs> Hope, hopefully. Probably not. <laughs> I know, it's a pretty niche indie title. Yeah, it has like a small cult following. Yeah, you should go check it out. Yeah, it's pretty You cool. can find it. I don't know if you can find it. They're pretty hard to find. Yeah, I think uh, Digimon's more popular. That's probably what you'll come across. <laughs> Dude, no joke, my wife is more of a Digimon person. To be fair, Digimon's pretty fucking cool. I know next to nothing about Digimon. I know that it exists. That's about it. <laughs> Knowing know nothing and just Digimon. guessing, you're probably still going to be right about Digimon. It makes okay, no cool. sense, regardless. <laughs> like, their evolutions are just drugs. I don't know. The yeah. shit that they, these things turn into just is so absurd. Makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. How is it not a blatant ripoff of Pokemon? Because uh, they're digital monsters instead of pocket monsters. <laughs> I don't know. That's it's it. weird. That's all it is. I don't know. Crazy. I, I'll I have never no understand idea. it. But my wife is, is, is every time she'll be like, to her, she has an older brother and he w grew up watching all that stuff. So she's like, I know Digimon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jessica, that's cute. Sit down. The, the oh, men man. are talking about, about Pokemon. The superior, <laughs> the superior uh, Japanese battle monsters. Exactly. Tell her how it is. So does that Anyways. mean uh, Godzilla's a Pokemon? The Japanese monster. <laughs> doesn't Tyrantar fit the Pokemon, does but, exist, like... and he was oh, inspired by Godzilla. So I guess yeah. uh, you know, tomato, tomato. 
Oh, I forgot about the dinosaur Pokemon. Oh, those will definitely be on my favorite list too. Tyranitar is dope. I really like the um the one that's like a pachy the, the Pachycephalosaurus with like the the um, not the not the yeah that was a pachy the one with the with with the head. The oh, uh, Rampardos. 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 Yeah. yeah, Rampardos is fucking dope. I I made him for a while in um in Arceus too. I found a Rampardos and with Tyrantrum. Yeah. Oh, Tyrantrum's cool. That guy is fucking dope as shit. I love Even more of a T-Rex than Tyranitar is. My uh, my favorite Pokemon of all time is Tropius. So it's the Dude, dinosaur nice. aesthetic. Very, yeah, very is, is underused awesome. and underappreciated Pokemon. I caught a Tropius in Violet, and I I think she's still on my team. If I went and booted up my mm-hmm. save, I would probably have a Tropius. Yep, I kept oh. one too. It's great. Grass flying, I, that's awesome. I just wish some some new form. Even though it's hmm. not an evolution... Give me like, like one of the the primal forms or like a mega. Bring those back or something. Just mm-hmm. something, man. So underappreciated. Yeah. Such a cool Pokemon. There's a lot of cool Absolutely. fan arts of that too for like megas and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, a lot of good ideas floating around. That's a cool pick, man. Yeah, there's a lot to it. I feel like I could talk about Pokemon for hours. Yeah, we but I won't could. because you need to speak <laughs> too. So the torch is lit and passed. Well, we kind of established this last time. My pick is pretty much the exact same thing. It's God of War 2018. I don't know how much I can say that you haven't already said. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Generation 7 of Pokemon, I believe. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, my, my number... Are we on 7 or 6? 7 is God of War 2018. Now, disclaimer, I love the entire God of War series. Um, there's one or two I haven't played, like the ones for PSP. Um, but I definitely have played them, the, the main, you know, one, two, three. And God of War 3 could probably, is probably in my top 20. It's a phenomenal game. I, 2018 just, it, it's, it, it blew my mind. Um, just to kind of set the mood. <clears throat> God of War is an action-adventure game developed by Santa Monica Studios and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. It was released for the PlayStation 4 in April 2018 with a Windows port in January 2022. The game is the eighth installment in the God of War series, the eighth chronologically, and the sequel to 2010's God of War 3. There you so go. everyone listening knows that was his penis. <laughs> yeah, he held the mic down, and the little guy was just like, "So <laughs> <laughs> been holding that in for like a week." <laughs> he really <laughs> wanted. He really wanted to let that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you don't know, God of War is a is a PlayStation only series. It has never been released for anything. Well, aside from Windows, which I don't think they should have done. Um, that's that's weird to me to say. That makes me sound like only a genius, recently. To been, be fair. Only recently, but it's all—it's always, always been a PlayStation staple. So it's kind of weird that they released it for Windows. But I guess if that means more people played it, then that's—that's—that's that's, that's a good thing. Uh, originally, it was an only PlayStation game. The first two games were on PS2. They released some PSP titles again, one of which I have not played. And then uh, God of War Three was on PS3 and then ported to PS4 as a remaster. That pro- honestly wasn't really necessary, but oh well, I still played it. Which uh, which PSP one did you play? Uh, there was Chains of Olympus and Ghosts of Sparta. I think it was Chains of Olympus. Okay, they're both good, but Chains of Olympus is very good. I think that's the one because my, my brother Gabriel had a PSP there once upon a time. Oh uh, yeah, uh, really good games. It's an it's a series of action games. Um, where you play as Kratos, who in the original game 
is a follower of the gods, and he goes. He he's basically murder incarnate. This dude is the baddest of asses. I you know I don't think there's a bigger badass in all of video gaming. Um, but anyway, um, he is that. Long story short, very long story short, he's out on a revenge mission against the gods of uh, ancient Greece. And spoiler alert: by the end of God of War three, he has murdered every single god in the pantheon. Sure did. Yeah, it's fucking dope. And this was also a time in my life when uh, I, like many other uh, millennials, uh, Greek mythology was like 75% of my personality there for a little bit. <laughs> I was into the yeah. Percy Jackson books and all that shit. So it's really weird me being a Christian, me, me having grown up as a Christian. But oh, well, I digress. <laughs> that was fun. But yeah, I love Greek mythology. So these games were like crack to me. I'd go, I'd go. I'd be killing a god, and I'd be like, "I know who that is." Giving it a four full lore breakdown in your head, it's like, hmm, hmm. "Yeah, I know. I, I I know why Poseidon has water horses using his attacks." Me, <laughs> yeah. The monocle slips on. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I love the series because I mean you, they were pretty lore accurate as far as Greek mythology goes. Um, you know, aside from the whole them being murdered by Kratos, but you know, aside from that. Just, just, just for everyone out there who's still scratching your heads, uh, in Greek mythology, Poseidon was said to have created horses from the foam of the sea. So that's why he had like horses when in his boss battle in God of War three. History lesson. So fun fact. Anywho, it's 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 a straight up action game. It's hack and slash. You're mashing buttons to do combos to kill guys. It's not a very thinky game. There's a little bit. There's a little bit of puzzling in it, but it's mainly just hack and slash. For the in fact, for the first three games, you could not well for all of them except for the one I'm talking about, you could not move the camera. The right stick dodged; mm -hmm. it didn't move the camera. So it's very much a, this is where you are. There's bad guys surrounding you. Kill them all. So, uh, Easy but the as. Plot, and Kratos is the guy that you played, and he's he's stereotyped these days for just being again murder incarnate. He is full of hate. He's full of anger. But once you get into his story, he's very much a tragic character. He's tricked by the gods into killing his own family, and that's where his desire for revenge comes. And he loses all trust in the gods that he used to fully worship and, and, and support. And they betrayed him because, if you don't know, the gods of ancient Greece were selfish assholes. Um, mm -hmm. I just hope that they don't actually exist. Sorry, Zeus. <laughs> you guys um, are okay. I'm just kidding. Love ya. So, <laughs> anywho... So yeah, you get into his story, and he turns out to be a really tragic character. Um, especially since at the end of God of War 3, after accomplishing his mission, he's just kind of done. He throws himself off a... He, he, he stabs himself, doesn't he, with the, with the Sword of Olympus? It's been a while since I played God of War 3. He kills himself, essentially. Yeah, because there's the, the blood trail that leads off the mountain. Yeah. And that's where you think the series is going to end. Uh, but lo and behold... Uh, you know, a couple years later, God of War is revealed in, in, for, re, for PS4 for the in to be released in 2018. Notice there's not a number or a subtitle or anything, so this is meant to be kind of a soft reboot for the series. It's not a hard reboot because it does acknowledge that all the stuff that happened in the past did happen. There are references to the older game, especially towards the end of this game where you get a certain uh, weapon <laughs> that evokes oh, back yeah. to the originals. I'm not going to spoil it because it's still a pretty recent game, and if you haven't played it, please, for the love of God, play this game. Um, but it takes place in an entirely new location, an entirely new mythology. This one is Norse mythology. 
instead of Greek mythology. It never really explains what happens, but I assume that when Kratos, like, threw himself off the cliff, he, like, loaded and ended up in Scandinavia. Um, mm-hmm. The dude's got to be pushing 60 at this point. He's He's got to be an old guy. <laughs> Around there or something, because he was... Yeah. He was fairly young in um, God of War One, like the the backstory. Yeah, I, w- I would like probably a, put a him in like general. late, tw- yeah, probably in his twenties or something like that. Because he had yeah. a he had a daughter who was like probably almost a teenager, so mm-hmm. he wasn't a super young guy. But then <clears> all these years later, um, he's got to be pushing sixty with, especially with that big great big beard of his. He's just a, he's just oh, a yeah. old man, but and entire like gameplay was changed and i remember when the first trailer for this dropped uh, at e3 almost every if it, if it weren't for kratos's signature look with his red tattoos and his ash white body you would not have been able to tell that this is a god of war game because first of all the camera is not up in this up in the air like looking down at you it's over the shoulder third person like resident evil style and you can control it <laughs> So that right there threw people off. But in the combat itself, he uses an axe instead of his uh, Blades of Chaos. Um, it's a Leviathan axe. And it's the coolest fucking thing because it's kind of, uh, it's inspired by Thor's hammer because you can throw it. A big mechanic in the game is you throw in the axe and then pressing triangle to instantly recall it. It's the coolest feeling mechanic ever. You can just throw that thing and recall it over and over again. It never gets old. It's just the coolest thing. Phenomenal combo potentials in that it game. Absolutely is, yeah. Um, it's almost like sort of got RPG elements. Like you can level up yourself and your son. Uh, but yeah, by the way, Kratos has a son in this game, Atreus. Um, so you we know that, that Kratos has been in this realm for at least a decade because he's probably around ten years old or so uh, in this game. He had a wife that he married. Um, in Scandinavia, who died, um, and that's kind of what what's here's the plot of this game because you're trying to take your wife's ashes uh, to the top of this mountain, to the highest peak in in the realm, um, and killing a bunch of dudes on the way. That's essentially the, the yeah, of course, <laughs> essentially the plot to this game. There's other stuff that happens. I won't spoil it too much because again, you should really go and play this game. But that's essentially what's the main motivator is you trying to get your wife's ashes to this mountain. Fun fact, in the sequel, which I won't talk too much about, uh, they actually had a character model in flashbacks for this, um, for, um, I think her name is Faye, who is mm-hmm. Kratos' deceased wife, and she's played by uh, Deborah Ann Wool, mm-hmm. who played Karen Page in the Daredevil series. True, yep. So, you know what else she is? A big fucking nerd. She likes D&D and board games and shit. <laughs> yeah, sure I watch does. um just just as a backstory, my other big hobby right now is board gaming, tabletop gaming. And one of yep. the channels I watch on YouTube, uh it's Board Game Geeks channel, but they have a series that's game night where they just teach and play games. It's straightforward, but it's reliable. Deborah Ann Wool is a very common guest on that show. So it's it's pretty it was pretty neat to see. Um because I didn't play Ragnarok, but I watched videos of it and I watched or come on the screen, I was like, wait a second. I know that face. <laughs> I know that face. It's a face I wanted to make out with for so long when I watched Daredevil. Fair. You're not alone. 
No, she's she's really cute. But anyway, that was that was really cool. Um, but anyway, yes. So you're going on this journey through Midgard and a couple of other realms to scatter your wife's ashes. That's the basic plot. And along the way, and one of the things that the thing that put this game on my uh, top ten list is the relationship between Kratos and Atreus. Um, I am a I'm a sucker for a good dad son relationship because I own my my father. He's my stepfather, um, but he's been he was married to my mom since I was like a year old. So he's always been my dad, even though technically he's my stepdad. But he's always been this really gruff, tough guy. Um, and I, there have been a lot of times, especially when I was younger, when I was afraid of the guy. Um, not because of anything that he did. He didn't, you know, he wasn't abusive or anything. He, he's a great dad. Um, to, we have a great relationship now. He's, he's always been fantastic. He always put us first. He, model husband, model father. But just because of the big guy, he's tough, he's gruff, he's always had some type of big bushy beard. He's just an intimidating guy. Um, and Kratos in this game reminded me of my dad. Um, so just kind of watching him go closer to Atreus and kind of realize that he didn't have to be this really gruff, no-nonsense, no-emotion-showing guy, and he could actually be a, a dad to Atreus. Um, that's not, it doesn't mirror what, what, what it was like with me and my dad, but just the way Kratos acted and the way that he kind of held himself... And all that kind of stuff just kind of reminded me of my own relationship with my dad because I was an angsty teen at one point in my life. There was a time <laughs> in my life when I really didn't like my dad. You know, I, I had the stereotypical "you're not my dad" thoughts in my head, where he would get mad at us. I never had the balls to say it to his face because he could have knocked me on my ass, no problem. And he absolutely would have <laughs> if I had said something like fair, that. But fair. there were definitely a lot of times when I had thought stuff like that. And it wasn't until I, I left for college that we really started to get closer. I'm not for sure why that was. I guess just the time apart, we kind of realized we had time to think about, um, you know, all the things that he's done for me and my mom and my brothers and stuff growing up. And realized that when I left that things suddenly weren't getting done around the house like they had been before. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Yeah, but uh, whatever the, whatever the reason was, we our relationship really, really not that it was ever bad, but again, there was that time in my life when I was really angsty and really didn't get along with my dad at all. But as now our relationship is is really, really good. It's 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 kind of been the best it's ever been. But and playing this game and watching kind of the relationship between Kratos and Atreus grow. And Kratos already kind of reminding me of my dad because of his tough and toughness. It just, it pulled at my heartstrings a lot. I'm, and again, I have a soft spot for any story like that that involves a dad and a son that really start to bond. Um, I have a soft spot for that. So that really helped propel this game into my top 10 list. Uh, that and just how badass it is. I mean, it's, it's strictly single player. There's no multiplayer in it, and it's fucking long. It's like yes. a 12, 14-hour game. If there's a few side quests in it, like it's not, it's it's not a traditional open world. It's it's got linear levels, but there's a there's a, there's several parts in this game where you can kind of choose to go back and backtrack to certain places. 
Um, and it's almost Metroidvania in that there's places that you can't get to until you unlock this like one ability or something. So there's a lot of backtracking, there's a lot of side quests. So when you add that to the campaign, that's already quite long. This is a beefy game. Uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. worth every penny of its of its um, price tag. And it's all. What's really cool is that it's all like shot in one take. I mean, obviously, it's it's a game, so I'm sure they have some behind the scenes things that it's not actually one take, but it's you know, but it looks like it is. The camera never, there's never a blink, and the scene changes. It's always it looks like it's one entire shot, and that's one of the many things that makes this game so so impressive, especially with very well constructed. Yeah, it absolutely is. You can tell they worked on this for a while. Yeah, for sure. And that in and of itself is a feat of its own, but for the fact that it was so well-received and so well-done, even though it's not at all like anything that the other God of Wars were like, is that's impressive in and of itself as well, because there's almost... I can't think of a single thing that they brought back from like the, I mean, aside from Kratos, <laughs> if it wasn't Kratos, they could put someone else in there and be an entirely different game. But um, there's the combos. The combat is is kind of similar in that you can chain a lot of different combos together. Um, it's yeah. just at a different field of view and with a different weapon. Um, yeah, I think that's what kind of made people feel better hmm. about the game when they saw you know the, the different like control style, mechanical style. Mm. But then when they had the, the gameplay reveal and they showed the combos system and stuff like that, mm. people were like, okay, well, this feels like God of War. <laughs> yeah, <good>. it still <laughs> it still feels like God of War with the combat and the and the combos and whatnot. And and Kratos's shouts and fury and stuff like that is just like it was in the other God of War games. Even though it's a different voice actor, but in my opinion it's a better voice actor. Christopher Judge is Phenomenal as Kratos in this game. Very, very powerful voice. Uh, insane. Fits very voice. well. He could probably, if, if they make a live action uh, God of War game, I could almost, like, if they decided to keep Christopher Judge, somehow make him look like Kratos, I'd be okay with it. Because he's already a pretty big guy. He's huge. He's a yeah. big dude. So they could they could probably get away with making him Kratos, and I'd be okay with it. You know, just just... Sprinkle some ash on him and give him yeah. that, that <laughs> give him that red tattoo, and I'd be fine with it. He'd be a great. Give him give him a big ass goatee, and he's Kratos. Yeah, I was gonna say they're gonna have to powder him down a bit with the whole uh, dead yeah. family ashes imbued into his skin thing. <laughs> it helps that I mean I know Kratos is Greek, so he's he's gonna be lighter skinned, but he's not a white guy. So I mean, I could change it a little bit to where he's like Mediterranean or something. You know, he does have darker skin and i i, I mean a lot I of a lot of greeks are, are they're pretty dark yeah yeah depending on, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever whatever region but yeah. yeah so they could absolutely do it and i and i think as as well received as he is as the voice of kratos and with him having being as huge as he is i think i think i think it would work it's just gonna be the rock god i don't want them to ca- to cast a generic bearded white guy because Kratos is not a white guy. He's not Caucasian. Sure, he's got lighter skin, but it doesn't mean he's a white guy. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people casting, fan casting. I don't even know what his fucking name is because I don't follow wrestling. Force there's a, lighter skin. A Triple H or something. Is that who I'm thinking of? Triple H, Goldberg, yeah. some Triple H. I've, yeah. I've seen people fan cast Triple H as Kratos, and I'm like, fuck that. 
Kratos yeah. is not a white. A, Kratos is not a white. A white guy. He's not. Because in, in the original game, like you have the, you see the cutscene when the whole Ash thing happens, and prior mm-hmm. to that, he's he's pretty brown. Like he's he's he's, he's a like brown a guy, bronzed yeah. color. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's just gonna be makeup anyway. You can cast anybody. You go cast fucking Terry Crews at this point. Was he's, yeah. he's gonna have to be covered <laughs> in like like whitish yeah. grayish. The only ash reason he looks anyway. white is because yeah, yeah, it's covered in ash. Yeah, the only thing would they would just save money if they just cast like an actual white dude. Mm-hmm. Like to get the aesthetic to make it look authentic, he can't just be white. It has to look like there's shit stuck on mm-hmm. him, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it can't just be painted on. It needs it needs to look gritty. It needs to look like something that I would fucking probably kill myself for if I had to feel for eternity. Yeah, like that's <laughs> I that's can't a imagine. horrible weight to oh have. Oh my god. Yeah, people don't people don't talk about that too often. They they always gloss over the fact like yeah, Kratos has to have the ashes of his family stuck on him for the rest of rest of his life. And then they just kind of skip over that. Can you imagine how uncomfortable that would be? Yeah. It's like, hold on. Say that slower. What you just yeah. you just <laughs> breeze past <laughs> the ashes of his dead family. His wife and daughter atta- permanently <laughs> attached to his skin. Yeah. Cannot come off. Yeah, that is awful. That is agony. Because it's just a, it's it's that whole thing to the mental like trickery that yeah. you did this. Like you yeah. have them on you because you did it by your own hands. Like of course, Kratos is gonna be a little bit mad all the time. Yeah, it would that's be too if I had to. Now, even disregarding the mental toll that it would take, just just having that feeling all the time, <laughs> it would drive me nuts. Yeah. Because then there's the whole spoilery thing too, with when you find out like his his uh his bloodline, like his backstory, where he like he wouldn't even actually be able to to kill himself because he's hmm. part god. So right, yeah. There's that whole thing. So it's like yeah. you're you're stuck, dude. It yeah, sucks. You're you're stuck like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But anywho, uh, yeah, the combat in this game is fantastic, but the reason that it's on my list is because of the story. By the time I rolled credits, I was like, I was nearly in tears. It was one of the most heart-wrenching, like, it ended, it didn't end on a bad note. It ended on a cliffhanger, for sure, but Mm -hmm. the story was just so satisfying. It was emotional, it was, it's... it's an art, this is one of the best contenders for a video game being an art form. Because it's not just a game where you go through ancient Greece and you kill shit. This is a story. This is... These are people's lives and characters that are so well written. And the emotions are... The soundtrack? We just talked about soundtracks. And the soundtrack Bear in this McCreary. game... Oh, oh my god. This is a soundtrack. I downloaded this soundtrack. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty sure it's on my Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. And it again, it just it adds to it all. This soundtrack wasn't there if it was different. It would be a different game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's beautiful. It's so the fact that it's all one take, and so it's not like a scene can just change and a soundtrack starts. So it's like woven into this continuous, ever-ending story. I mean, you have you have bits where there's no music playing, but seamless, you know, seamless into cutscenes and gameplay is just these. It'll be atmospheric music, or it'll be a full-on orchestra blasting, depending on what happens. And it's just it really sells the whole thing, and it absolutely not not that it needed much help to begin with, but <laughs> the story yeah. is definitely even more phenomenal 
this game is even more phenomenal because of of such a fantastic soundtrack. It's true. It is very good. I can't very think powerful. of a single. I can't think think of a single flaw with this game. Almost everything about it is polished. I guess you can say the there aren't a whole lot of enemy types, so combat does start to get repetitive after a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the variations, and, and you don't have very much weapons either. You have your axe, and then a weapon that I won't spoil. Um, probably guess sh- what it is, sh- but I'm not going to The shield. And the shield. The shield is pretty cool, but there's only so much you can do with that. So It's not like in God of War 3, where you have four different weapons you can switch between. You're pretty limited in this. And the lack of enemy types, it, it does start to get stale after a little bit. Especially since aren't many bosses in this game and a couple of them are repeated you only kill like two gods in this in this game it's it's definitely isn't the game to play if you wanted to uh, do like a god of war three you know kill five six seven gods in a row yeah um, and there's like three actual like main main boss fights in that yeah. game. maybe four two of them happen at the same time <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so so if I if I had to to give the game a flaw for something, it'd probably be that. But then again, the combat is really nice. It flows really well. Yeah, it gets stale after a little bit, but usually there's a big set piece or some exploring or something to kind of cut it up a little bit. So that it's not all just just combat. There's plenty of other stuff to do in the meantime. So it's more nitpicky, but yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah phenomenal game i haven't played ragnarok yet um but i did watch jacksepticeye play it so i do know like what happens um story wise i think it's great gameplay wise it actually looks like a game that would overwhelm me just because of how big it is and how much more stuff they added to it so i don't even if i did get it i don't think it would take me forever to finish it because of just don't have the time to delve into a big game like that there is um, a lot of content in Ragnarok. It's a fucking lot. It's like double. It's like, yeah, I was about to say it's like twice as much. And in this game, God of War, it already has a shit ton of stuff in it, but Ragnarok like doubles everything. Um, story is the the story mode is like twice as long. There's more open world stuff to find. There's more. There is more combat variety, which is nice. Um, but they added a whole, you can play as Atreus for like half of the story and he has a whole like skill tree and combos and unlockables mm-hmm. and stuff. It's, it's, it's very overwhelming and it would make me, it would make it difficult for me to play it. But I do know that I at least like followed the story through and kind of know what happens. So it, it, I am satisfied with that. That's fair. Like you, you should still at some point, if you get a chance to at some point, I should, if I can find it on sale or something. Yeah, at least like it's very worth it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes me wonder where they're going to go from there. You know, a a lot of other people are, you know, wanting it to to keep going into other mythologies. You know, Egyptian mythology, Chinese mythology, stuff like that. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I almost like don't want them to continue. It's, at least with Kratos, like I think Kratos has had enough. <laughs> yeah, at this point, they could definitely maybe maybe lot. follow Atreus or something. You know, Atreus is older and he's like exploring the world or something like that. Yeah, that's fair. It'll work. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, I think I. I don't think I talked about that one quite as long as you did Pokemon, but I think I've kind of summarized everything. 
I'm not many. I had a lot of off-topic stuff from Pokemon, so. <laughs> Uh, not many people aren't going to know about God of War, um, especially this one. It's one of the best-selling games of all time. It's one of the most award-winning games of all time. It's considered one of the greatest games of all time, so it's it's a pretty well-known game. I don't have to talk too much about it. Um, oh, look at that! Someone else liked God of War. You know how? <laughs> but yeah, but how I mean, original. Yeah, but um, but it is on my top ten list, and probably not for for what people would expect. It's not just because it's fantasy and it's combat like the story actually meant something to that that's why it's on my list makes it even more worth it then yeah absolutely but another uh greek mythology is a project that isn't explored in a lot of other games surprisingly enough like you think it would be in a lot more games um like right. i know Kid, kid icarus is like loosely based off of greek mythology um, and there is that new one that Ubisoft made a couple of years ago. Um, what's it even called? Phoenix Rising or something like that. Oh, it's essentially, yeah, 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 it's yeah. essentially Breath of the Wild, but it's Greek mythology. It was supposed to be um, gods and monsters, and then there was like yeah. a legal issue, and they had to change the name. Yeah, it's, it's like Phoenix Rising or something like that, and it's okay. Yeah. I played it a little bit. It, it's, it's fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's essentially Breath of the Wild, though, so I felt like it, it felt like Breath of the Wild, but not quite as good. <laughs> so I like the, I didn't play the, very much the dialogue it. storytelling aspect. It's very yeah, that, that it, it does top Breath of the Wild for that. Obviously, it's very funny story, very funny um, yeah, writing and, and with dialogue. With uh, Zeus and who's the other narrator? I don't even remember. But yeah, they're. It's just banter. They explain yeah. the story through like narrative banter, and it's it's it's, it's very very, well it's very funny. It's funny. Yeah. It definitely is one of the highlights of that game, for sure. But there's one other uh, game that tackles mythology that I doubt you've heard of. I'm wondering how many of our listeners have heard of it. Um, have you heard of the game Legendary? I was gonna say you're gonna say Legendary. <laughs> oh, you know about it? Oh, goddamn! I was oh, hoping yeah. I, I got you. Just yeah, I found this thing at GameStop one day, and. My dad, bless his heart, he, 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 a lot of times they would let us go to GameStop just to look around, because we knew in our hearts that we really only got games during our birthday or Christmas, and we knew better than to ask for shit like that, just because we'd know what the answer would be. Uh, we were at GameStop just looking around, I think we were in, uh, we were, we were in a bigger city for something, um, and it's a place we don't normally go to, and I think we were waiting on something, so they let us go into GameStop to look around, um, and our dad surprisingly let us let us each pick out something, um, you know, not something super expensive, oh, just something from the used section. But it was a it was a nice it was a nice surprise, and and that's that's I, I could go into reasons why my why my dad is the best, but he could be a hard ass sometimes, like I guess any dad would be, especially about stuff like games and stuff that he would rather us. We grew up on a farm, so he wanted us to be outside and you know doing work, doing chores and stuff like that. He, obviously, they they let us. They bought us games, so they you know weren't too big on us playing games. But stuff like this, where he would let us pick stuff out, he's yeah, he 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 did a lot of good stuff. Um, I just found this. I never heard of it before in my life. But I looked at it and I looked at the back and I saw that it had to do with Greek mythology. And this was during that formative time period that I mentioned earlier, where Greek mythology was seventy five percent of my personality. So I immediately gravitated towards it, and 
I did the thing. I know I just said that we didn't ever ask for games, but I did one of those things where I just kind of looked at it and I went to go like stand next to my dad while holding the game. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't just asking sneaky. to buy it, but I was like, oh, dad, look how cool this looks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll go put it back. <laughs> Hold on there, son. <laughs> you can have Not it. this time. Like, oh, dad, really? <laughs> and then you hated it. <laughs> I know. I remember. I remember. Actually, I remember telling Dad. I was like, "I, you sure? I don't. I feel guilty now." <laughs> but, <laughs> but then he told me, "No, it's 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 fine. I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way because it means you're not like taking advantage of me. But it's fine." Yeah, that was a so. blockbuster rental for me. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was okay. First person shooter, generic kind yeah, of. Yeah, like looking looking platformer. back on it. Yeah, looking back on it now, there wasn't anything great about it. It had this kind of neat um, aspect where you can, like, absorb the life force from the enemies to, like, re- regain your health. Um, but I liked it because of all the mythological shit. All the enemies mm-hmm. you could kill and whatnot. And Pandora's box and... So, yeah. Let me see what... Uh, Game Informer gave it a 6.5 out of 10. GameSpot gave it a 3.5 out of 10. Oh my... That's IGN more what gave- I expected. IGN gave it a two and a half out of ten. <laughs> oh, damn, there you go. I would, I would hate to go back and play because I do have fond memories of this game, but I would hate to play it nowadays because it would probably, I would see how much it sucks. <laughs> yeah, but it just had a really original story and setting because I didn't see a whole lot of Greek mythology, and it wasn't just Greek mythology. It had like Chinese mythology and other mythologies that was really really cool and so setting wise it was really interesting uh, gameplay wise cool. is just a generic shooter yeah unfortunately yeah. Uh, then there's titan quest is like another big one it's like a diablo never played game. titan's quest but i've seen it like i know like did they just like remaster it or something for switch yeah i think i think it's i don't remember if it's one and two but they definitely remastered titan quest gold it's a good game it's very it's it's the Diablo style of combat, oh, okay. but it's very story RPG driven at the same time. Oh, that's cool. There's a lot of stuff then. going on. Yeah, it's cool. That's, I, oh, I like the Quest games. I just remembered something else. Okay, so now that I'm thinking about it, me saying that there wasn't a whole lot of Greek mythology games was probably really stupid to say because now I'm thinking of all kinds. There was one. <laughs> what was yeah, what like was that. it called? Excuse me while I. And, and look cheated up. It was a game that I rented once. I didn't ever own it. Yes, Rise of the Argonauts. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. It, it's an it's an action RPG where you played as Jason. Yeah. I thought that was the coolest shit. Because you I went around and recruited different members of your party. And I, I don't remember a whole lot about it aside from that, but I remember really, really liking it. But I'd never it was only a rental, so I had to take it back one of these days. Hercules was in it. Achilles was in it. I remember Pan, the, the fucking satyr. He was in it. He was a playable character. Uh, cool game. Rise of the Argonauts. Yeah, it my fared, brother had that game. It fared a little better than Legendary did. Game Informer gave it a 6. IGN gave it a 6. Um, official U.S. PlayStation Magazine gave it a two and a half out of five, so more more mixed reviews. But yeah, it's a, thought it was really okay. cool at the time. Yeah, playably okay. So there actually were quite a few games about Greek mythology that I just kind of glossed over, but 
God of War is the is the epitome of them all. There, I don't think there's been a bad game in that series. It's kind of like that's kind of like the Scream movies. I don't think a single one of them has been poorly received. Here we go, full circle, coming back. We did it. I think probably um, was it Ascension? That was like the first new one after God of War three. That was like a prequel. I think that one it had was just multiplayer. Like, yeah, that yeah that one had multiplayer. I think that one I never played it, but I think that one was more like meh received. Like it wasn't poorly received, but it was like it was eh. different. It was yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. The PvP was interesting, but yeah, it was it was okay. It's just interesting to play like a brown Kratos. It yeah. was before it was it's before the first God of War when he had the ashes, so he was he was mm-hmm. brown. He wasn't white. Because <laughs> that was the one that had like a heavy focus on his brother, I think, too. Demos, I, I don't know much. I don't know much about that because I think yeah. wasn't Demos also in like or Ghost of Sparta, uh, one of the Ghost two. Spar- I think it was Ghost of Sparta. Yeah, it might be the one I'm thinking of. One that I didn't play because I actually didn't know until just recently that Kratos had a brother because I never played the game that introduced. Him. It's fair. But, yeah, that's God of War 2018, and the fact that they didn't name it like God of War Four or anything. Also God of Four. Being, God of Four. It also <laughs> lends itself to being, yes, this is a reboot because we just call it God of War. It's a soft reboot because the other stuff definitely did happen, but it definitely signifies, especially the change of setting and the change of gameplay mechanics, this is a new chapter in the God of War uh, yeah. series. So I, th- I think they handled that aspect of it really, really well. I Because it could have gone so. awful. Yeah. It turned a lot it- of people off. Did the exact opposite, which is great because I love that game. Such a good game. It's on my top ten list, so that it is. It is, yeah. (laughs) Even though it's probably one of those games that I don't know if I'll ever play again, Um, and that's not because, like, I, I obviously it's not because I didn't like it, but it's because the story won't have as much of an impact on me. And it's one of those games. Does it have a new game plus mode? does i was gonna say okay. did you ever play it on god of war mode no i never did where there's uh there's like new mechanics for all the enemies there's ex- like specific exclusive items and armor sets you can only Maybe get in go god of war it. mode <laughs> yeah there's there's three exclusive armor sets and a couple of items and shit that you can only find in god of war mode okay yeah i didn't know that so i was thinking <clears> it was a game where you just started over and you had to unlock everything again and that kind of stuff turns me off but the fact that there's a new game plus and that all that stuff okay yeah probably should go back and play it again yep god of war stories is won't rough. have as much of an impact on me because it's i have already experienced it which is fine yeah, plus the uh fine. the valkyrie queen fight on god of war mode jesus At, oh my gosh it's already hard <laughs> holy shit <laughs> those valkyrie it's fights brutal oh my god yeah, sure it is. So definitely, definitely still worth it, I think. Okay, I yeah, did I'll my God go of War mode playthrough a month before Ragnarok came out. Nice. I had never done it. Prepare yourself. Before, so I was like, I'll get a refresher and I'll just jump straight into it. So there you go. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yep. And it worked out because it was fun. Aggravating, but fun. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 my number seven. We're on seven, right? I did this. Yeah. Number. That's my number seven. Yeah. It's the only... Well, no, it's not the only one. I was going to say that's like... Oh, no, never mind. I was about to say something very stupid. I will not, I will not do it anymore. Fair enough. We'll save you from another uh, Metal Gear Master Chief embarrassment moment then. I will say, um, aside from 
uh, Dead Space and Resident Evil 4, which just got remakes. If you don't count the remakes, it's this is the newest game on my list. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. Because everything else is either PS2 or, like, PS3, Xbox 360 era. Yeah, I think... Bloodborne is my newest, then. That's yeah. my second newest. If it wasn't for God of War, then Bloodborne would be my newest, but technically God of War is the newest on my list. So then, uh, before we wrap it up, do you, for anyone who doesn't follow us on social media, do you want to tell them how we've expanded officially today now? Yes. Um, we are now available on Apple Podcasts, not just on Spotify. Yeah, there yeah. you go. All now, you hipsters that are obsessed with Apple products, there you go. Oh my god, yeah. I was about to say, like, we won't judge you too hard for using Apple products if you go and listen to our podcast on Apple product, Apple Podcasts. I will. You Get your shit will, together! I used to have an iPhone, so I understand it a little bit, but even I'm just like, eh, yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> I had, like, the, the 4, the iPhone 4 in high school, and I never went back. Yeah. I had the iPhone 12. And that was my first one. I was like, I want to see what all the fuss is about. And my wife had an iPhone, so I was like, yeah, we can FaceTime and shit. And it was fine. I don't dislike it, but, like, it's definitely overrated. <laughs> Androids yeah. are just as good, if not better, yeah. at a lot of things. More features and all that kind of shit. But... We're going to stop this right here. We won't, we we won't get into it. We I'll... are not going to get into this. We are yeah. not going to polarize everybody. <laughs> a whole rant that'll go on for way too long. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I guess that wraps up the episode then. Um, not too bad. And uh, I guess, I guess keeping tradition alive, uh, a quick Marvel topic that I Ooh. thought of randomly today for some reason. I don't think I ever shared with you before. I don't know why. Ooh. But um, my wife was at a show with my mom and my aunt, and it reminded me that my, my one aunt used to work for Marvel. What? Um, yeah, she she was more in like the office setting, but she was she was still there, so she used to get like comics and shit like all the time. Oh, dude, that's and, fucking uh, cool. Yeah, but un- unfortunately, um, it was before me, so my dad got a, like most of them, and they were sold off at one point. But I had oh, a no. I had a box that was specifically for me, which is nice, and I still have a bunch of them. They're like old Silver Age Marvel comics. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, last time I checked, they really weren't worth too much. There was like a like two or three that were like high value, mm-hmm. so I keep them safe. But I haven't checked recently because I don't really care. I'm just gonna keep them anyway. All but, right. Um, I have one specifically that I'll have to find and I'll send it to you at some point that you would like a lot. It's um, uh, Johnny Blaze's or like first appearance for like the Ghost Rider comic when he Ooh. becomes Ghost Rider for the first time, nice. and the issue was a, a limited edition glow in the dark cover. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's really cool. His eyes and then uh, the eyes on his motorcycle glow in the dark. It's, it's oh, pretty dude, that's dope. Fucking, that's fucking dope. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. The, the glow doesn't really work as much anymore because it's old as shit, but it's, it's still kind of there. That's awesome. I'm wondering, yeah, I wonder if it's because you said it's Johnny Blaze's first appearance as Ghost Rider, right? Yeah. I wonder if it's. I don't know. First appearance was not even a Ghost Rider comic. It was Marvel Spotlight. Yeah. So it's not the one that I used to have. That's one of the reasons why I can never get into comics because <laughs> I 
hey, I don't know where to start, and it gets too confusing as to, like, what issues to read, and, like, it's all very confusing to me and very overwhelming, so... I think comics are cool to look at because I have owned some comics in the past. Like, they're very cool. But, like, I could never be the person who's, like, actually reading them and getting into them, and I, I couldn't do that. That's fair. It's 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 pretty hard to do. Yeah, it's not, oh, it's not for me. I found a picture. But, oh, speaking of Ghost Rider, I may have told you this in the past, but since we're on the topic of, like, fun Marvel facts, the creator of Ghost Rider is... Um, Hold on. Remember his name. Uh, well, he two of his creators, because Mark, Mark Wikipedia lists three creators, but two of them are Roy Thomas and Gary Frederick. Right? They are both from Jackson, Missouri, which is oh. in the town where I work currently, but it's half an hour from my house. That's so. pretty neat. It is really cool, and I didn't realize that until a few years ago when I was working for the for the um the news uh the television news station where I'm at. Um, Gary Frederick uh passed away recently. Um, got a Discord notification. Oh, you sent me something. Oh, oh, dude, that's dope. Right? Isn't that cool? Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> is that yours specifically, or is that just a picture you found? I wish that was mine. Mine's not in that good condition, but that's that one's specifically is worth. That's like the edition. Bucks. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's a that's nine point awesome. eight out of ten. So it would only be Holy a shit. lot more if it was ten out of ten. Mine's probably like a five, but unfortunately, still that's awesome. It's been through a lot, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Gary Frederick passed away uh, back in twenty eighteen, and. I went to my because I was a news producer at the time. I wasn't I, obviously I wasn't a reporter or anchor or anything, but I was I wrote news stories for the anchors to read. And when I heard that he passed away, um, I went to my news director and I was like, "Hey, we need to do something with this because this is like a local legend. He created a Marvel character, a popular Marvel character. They made a movie of, and he's from here." Um, I did a little. He let me do a little research, and I found out that he has a brother who is still in the area. Um. And Ooh. he gave me permission to go and interview him at his house. Oh, so shit. I'll have to send it to you because I think I still have it saved somewhere. Um, I made essentially what's called a package where it's it's one of those like two, one and a half to two minute long things that when, when an anchor like tosses to someone else and it's obviously not someone who works at this station, but you can tell it's like a self-contained minute and a half, two minute thing that they're playing. Mm. I made one of those about this guy. Oh, on this interview that I did with him. So I'll have to say really cool. to you, it's it's one of the it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. It's one of my one of the things I'm most proud of that I have made. So it looks really fucking good. Um, not toot my own horn or anything, but I'm a pretty decent video editor. So I'll have to send <laughs> it to you because I was really proud of it. It it he let me make it. He let me air it on the news. Um, I sent it to his family, who was really appreciative of that. And I I sincerely. If it wasn't for me, I don't think we would have acknowledged this guy at all. But I was like, this is a big deal. He helped yeah, create really cool. a character that Nicolas Cage played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can look on his Wikipedia, Gary Frederick. He was born in Jackson, Missouri. He worked at a record store in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which is where I went to school. It's where I... It's, where, it's technically... It's kind of where I work currently, although technically it's in Jackson. But Jackson and Cape Girardeau are, like, almost the same city. They're, like, right next to each other. But... Yeah, it's 
really, really cool. It just so happens, I loved Ghost Rider before I even knew that. He was my favorite character, and I didn't even know that the guys who created him are from my area. It was just so cool to learn. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's pretty dope. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'll have to send you the, the package I made. Yeah, fire that shit off when you get yeah, a chance. Absolutely. In fact, I'm pretty sure I posted it to YouTube, so I can probably just link that to you. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It's my tangent. Yeah. We, uh... Pushing this one really long, I just noticed. <laughs> oh, man, what are we at? Episode. I think we're like... 7.08? We are over two hours. Oh, and it'll shit. be a little under, technically, but after the editing and shit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a Hopefully you guys are fine with our episodes being this long. I'm assuming you are, because we haven't received a complaint yet, but... <laughs> yeah, not yet. Hopefully never. Hopefully never, because... You can, you can we, pause we like... it and come back when you want to, so there's, there's no reason to get... Yeah, for real. Set. But I guess, uh... I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up then, I guess, right? Perfect. We'll go on to uh, our number sixes next week. And then I think after that, we're going to take a break and we're going to um, go over some of the responses and engagements we've gotten um, on each of our episodes so far. Yeah. I'll jump to uh, my five because my six is going to be used elsewhere down the road for the end of the oh, cool. series. So uh, we'll save that bit for a little bit further down the road. And tease, uh, tease. tease. Yeah, yeah, so we'll do that. And then, yeah, like Mike said, we'll do a little halfway point for the quote-unquote season and go over some of the responses and stuff that we've gotten because we've gotten quite a handful um, on our engagement sections, which we do every time. So once this one's up there, we'll be more. I will, of course. There's an engagement right there. Or another engagement. (laughs) A lovely one. Oh, man. But thank you guys for uh, for listening to us. As always, we uh, for people who follow on social media, we cracked 200 plays, which is yes. pretty awesome. Amazing. Yep, we're almost at 50 subs too, or followers, however you want to word it, which is nice. We need to get fantastic. Get them up there. Get some yeah. more listens and shares and all that stuff because we uh, we really enjoy doing this, and hopefully you guys enjoy listening. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you haven't already, like us, follow us, whatever your social media platform allows you to do. Um, if, you, if you're part of any, like, video game groups, you know, Facebook does the group thing. Uh, if it's allowed in the rules, feel free to share us with there, too. You know, see, yeah. People who are outside of your friend group, if, they, if you think people who are into this shit, into video games, are just talking about mostly media stuff. It's going to be comics, movies, even some books every now and again, just stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have a website, tildacasuals.com. Still being do, yeah. in progress because we're updating stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you feel the desire, because we are able to do it now, Spotify notice, we have like a little uh, listener donation kind of thing that gets mm-hmm. linked to the bottom of every episode automatically now. So you can click that and there's like a little thing if you if you like us enough to throw a dollar or five uh yeah. that's down there so if you're wondering what that link is that's what it is it's part of spotify mm-hmm. um, any any type of support we can get because uh, as long as we keep growing we're going to try to keep pumping out new stuff we'll we'd like to eventually get some merch out there if we get big enough if we get the yes. extra funds uh, maybe branch out to some other we might start you know posting to youtube or something like that i know a lot of po- podcasters um upload like Video versions of their podcasts. 
Um, I don't know if we'd be able to do it because we both do it naked, but you know. Oh yeah, it's it's real wet Kidding. over here. That, that's not true. I'm sorry, I just lied to you. But <laughs> I had I wear to. a shirt, and that's about it. Look no, to be fair, I to be fair, I don't know what's what's on Joe's bottom half. I only see his shirt, so it could be. <laughs> it's another shirt. It's another shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, any any amount of support, even if it's just liking and sharing, is it means the world to us. Thank y'all so much. Yes, we appreciate it as always. And then uh, we'll catch you uh, every Sunday. Until then. Bye, guys. Adios.